G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. You know, at the peak, I had 4,100 units, but we have sold quite a lot. My old company, 14 syndications, we just sold the last two. <laughs> so, you know, we are now selling some more in the Texas area. I sold one in Atlanta also just recently. And we are just, you know, building, I don't know how many we have now, but, you know, selling and buying and some are on the sale. I just signed a contract for another one in Texas. And then we are looking for picking up about 220 million more worth in 2020. So that's where we are getting geared for, for the next year. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of welcoming back a very, very good friend of this show, Mr. Vinny Chopra. Vinny was on this show way back in episode 105, about 18 months ago, and I encourage everyone to go back and give that show a bit of a listen. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Vinny Chopra is a sought-after multifamily real estate expert. He, over the past 12 years, he's completed 27 successful syndications, 13 of which have been in the last three years. So he's been up to a lot if you don't know who Vinny is. He's also achieved an enormous amount of success controlling over $300 million in his niche market, and he's vertically integrated. He has 67 full-time employees 
um, all managing his assets. And he has them under two different um, companies. One is called the Monil Investment Group, which he's the CEO of, and that, that oversees all the syndications. He also has his property management company, which is called Monil Management Group, and that, that manages the day-to-day, the actual boots on the ground at the property level. And that's, he has those two, um, those two companies, which is vertically, vertically integrated, which I'm pretty, pretty impressive. Um, but to top it all off, he's also a best-selling international author for his new book, or his book that's been out for a little while now, Apartment Syndication Made Easy, a step-by-step guide by Vinnie Chopra, obviously. And he's also the host of two podcast shows, not one, but two, and that is Syndication Made Easy and Mr. Smile's Motivational Talk Show. Um, to top it all off, Vinny also moved to this country over 40 years ago with only seven bucks in his pocket, and he's achieved all of that here in the United States. So I'm really bloody pumped and excited to have him back on the show today. So enough out of me. I'll shut up. Let's get him out here. G'day, Vinny. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Hi there. Hi, Reid. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me back. It's a pleasure. I hope I can add some value to your wonderful audience. Well, mate, I, that, that introduction there is pretty pretty freaking awesome big big pat on the back i, I think we should we have to say i think you've done obviously a lot in the last 40 years um but since being on the show maybe you want to give us a quick a bit of a snapshot over the last 18 months what have you been up to oh sure Irid, you know actually i've been investing in real estate for over 35 almost 38 years but multifamily for 14 years and in the last 18 months have been spectacular i didn't purchase anything in 2018 by the way, last year we are doing this in 19 December, but what happened was overbidding was going on a lot and I just couldn't take my money or my investors money to pay over price for the properties. So this year it's been tremendous. We have closed on with my partners, Enzo Multifamily, very nice people, and my friends on $52 million deal. We did that. That was 27th in you know my acquisition or syndication. 28th one was last week, by the way. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> so we thought we'll kind of close the year with a bang and 35 million one, we just closed also Princeton Park. Awesome. That is really, really awesome. And uh, congratulations, by the way. But, but I think you bring up a really good point because I'm also in the same shoes as you, meaning I, I'm a syndicator. I, haven't, I yeah. didn't close on one deal. I closed on three deals last year in 2018. I didn't, I, the first not eight months of this year, 2019, I didn't close on a deal till we closed on Lake Creek for, um, for, for about $46 million uh, in Austin, Texas in September of this year. Right. And I just closed on a small one, 160 unit. But you bring up a really good point is that people are overpaying for it. Uh, and I think yeah. the real you know, nuts and bolts of today's show is going to be in and around why are people paying for it and why have we seen this shift? You, know, you were very successful before 2018. 2018 hits, nothing happens for you, similar with me, except... I happened to happen to me in the early part of 2019. Why are people overpaying for all this stuff? Why is multifamily the hottest thing since sliced bread? Well, that's a good point. I mean, you know, the big thing is, of course, the pent up demand. Everybody knows, you know, the millennials are liking portability. They are liking to, you know, telecommute. They want to move with the job and they're changing jobs even more, you know, faster and furious like that also the baby boomers are retiring they are downsizing things like that so there is spent up demand the biggest thing is you know when there is interest rate so low the expectations of the sellers rises up you know they feel like oh my gosh the buyer can afford much more mortgage now you know with the interest rate being 3.65 3.72 10 year fix five year of interest only those are the terms we are getting right so expectations have been risen but the big thing is you know the the cap rate in certain area like the one we bought for 52 million one we got 6.10 cap rate the going rate was 5.75 so we made the money right there when we bought it because we put some hard money on day one so that was the reason we got that deal. About a million and a half, I find, was the difference between the top offer and our offer, and they took ours. And when we appraised it, it came higher. So what you, and I would like to say that, you know, stick to your guns, stick to your uh, criteria that you have and what we have, myself and Enzo Multifamily, we underwrite it together. And we don't want to overpay. 
As a matter of fact, we have passed on some properties just to let you know. And other syndicators have picked it up. Oh my gosh. So we did not want to take that route of paying one and a half million extra, but they did. Right. And you bring up a, such an interesting point because cap rates are, and, and picking up at a, at a 6% cap rate, that's really awesome because I know a lot more cap rates are, are, are lower than that. And I picked up things this year at 4.8, 4.5% cap rates. And you got to understand what that means. So for you, yeah. Vinny, what does the entry cap rate mean when you go and buy an asset? And, and how is that an indication of whether the deal is going to be successful or not? Very good point. I would say, Reed, you know, I gave a lot more credits to the cash on cash, more than even the cap rate, by the way, because if I fall in love with the property, the neighborhood, like we are buying now B, B plus in A areas, we can afford, you know, 10, $12 million in a couple of days, things like that. So our investor base has kind of moved up higher. I used to be in the C, C minus. We have sold them and some of them we are selling. But now my base is kind of grown to higher number of dollars that I can raise. So we are actually more after cash on cash. I would like to tell everybody that's what had been my mantra for the last 14 years. And I've done quite well with that. Cap rate, I do want to get a little bit higher cap rate than the norm going on. And many times the sellers will take it to you, you know, give you the deal. If they feel you will close, mm -hmm. that's the performance, you know, and I've closed on all 28, by the way, this was the 28th last Tuesday, right from starting of the LOI stage until the end, I've closed 100% of the deals. So we just got a good track record. No, that's a, you bring up a really good point, but you, you mentioned cap rate and, and cash on cash. And for those listeners out there, they are related. You know, let, let's, yeah. they, they are related. To, to go and get a 4% cap rate means you're going to have, if your interest rates are 45 and you have a 4% cap rate, there's got, there's, you're inverted. There's no cash flow. So what Vinny's trying to say is that cap rates matter, first and foremost, on the yeah. entry point. If you, but, yeah. but the real thing is if you want cash flow out of the gate, you need to have that spread. So if you're getting an interest rate at 4% and you're picking up an asset at 5%, there's a 100 basis point spread, you're probably more than likely going to have cash flow. Um, but it's also to do with what you're going to, where you're going to improve the asset to sure. come year two or year three. And so there's also what's called a stabilized cap rate. So Vinny, what do you look for when you, you've obviously got your entry cap rate, maybe it's a little bit slower, you know, your interest rates, are, you know, maybe there's only a 50 basis point spread between your, your, your cap rate and, and your interest rate. But, but what, what do you, do you look at a stabilized cap rate in say years two or year three to see where you're going to get the asset to over a short period of time? And, and is that achievable? Very, very true. What you're saying is so right, Reed. The thing is the value play we call as you all, and with the business plan, we are always looking for where are we going to make a difference, right? where the property is coming from in the last 18 months or 12 months and three months, of course, the lenders look at three months trailing. But the big thing is, what are we going to do with it as we take the keys? Right. Is the frontage, we're going to improve the frontage, the traffic. Are we going to do certain things in the, you know, amenities? For example, the one we just bought, 35 million one, it's closed last week, so I could say the name, Princeton Park in the tech sector right there in Florida. And the rents are like the, the differential is $400 per month from what people are paying. And in our estimation on our underwriting, we only took 200 from not from like $100 to 400, we could have gone much higher. We just took 200 in our projection and we look like we're gonna be doing great. And we raised 1.7 million. It's a 2003 built property already. It's beautiful property, lakes all around and uh, block construction, the whole bit, the interiors are awesome, but we're gonna renovate even bigger to make them smarter homes and do you know the uh, valet park, a uh, valet trash, and then dog parks, dog washes, and do a lot of great things inside the interior to bump up the rent. So what I'm trying to say is that we are going to be increasing the value from 35 million to almost 42 million, $7 million in within one and a half year. 
that's that, that's the projections, right? Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully those assumptions come correct because four hundred yeah, four hundred dollars right, right. is a lot, and and in today's market, it is it, it, we are projecting two hundred. Right. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's that's the message, right? One of the big things that I I as myself looking as a syndicator, I always look at how many units I can get. That I, I, I break them down into three. I've got my gold package on my 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 my, my gold or platinum package in terms of my renovations. Yeah. I've got a silver package and I've got a bronze package. And how many in your underwriting and how, you know, and this is for people listening to the show, when you're looking at a syndicated deal, you want to ask the syndicator or the operator, including Vinny, myself, whoever, you know, whoever you're working with, how many of those gold packages are you assuming the property is going to have? Because you've got to also remember that there's an upper ceiling of what the demographic can pay in that neighborhood, right? And if you go and think, oh, I'm going to yeah. do 100% all at $400 rental bumps, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. But if no. you say do okay, I'm gonna do thirty percent at a at a four hundred. I'm gonna do you know fifty uh, percent at a hundred, you know, hundred and fifty, and I might do another twenty five percent at like a seventy five dollar bump. And 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 obviously your your renovations are gonna have be different. You know, you might spend eight grand on the on the platinum. You might spend five grand on the silver, and you might only spend three grand a bit of paint and flooring for your seventy five dollar bump. But you've got to look at that, right, Vinny? And that and that's what you look at when you when you say four hundred dollars. You, that's, that, that's probably a bit of a broker speak, right? And you've got to bring it back down to a more realistic. Exactly. What you you have to really to, look through the you know, exactly. market comparison rents through, definitely. But you're right. I mean, you know, the broker's always in the performa. OM, uh, you know, when they do their projections and all that, they give you the high limits and all the things are rosy, rosy, rosy. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to kind of throw that away totally and look at the real current rent uh, what is going on and also ask the brokers because they are making commissions ask them to give you the market rent study of the apartments that you would like them to do it not the one in the operating agreement in the operating memorandum sorry you know we don't want that because sometimes they take only one or two properties then they go far away which has got the higher rents but you want to really ask them to do hey these six properties can you send me the report or like we do yard metrics we do you know co-star things like that so that's also very good way apartments.com is humongous i teach that all the time the best rents right now i mean you know what you want to find out about any apartment you just go to apartment.com print out their list you have it right there also because they are the most current. Right. No, apartment.com is, is really good. I, 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 we do use it as well. And they're, they're related to CoStar. For those people who don't know who, Co, who CoStar is, it's the, 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 the monthly subscription, I think it is. But it's a, you know, what? the service data of, of every single subsector yeah. in or MSA in the United States. But do take it with a grain of salt because that is the market rent, right? Yes. It's not the actual rent. And what they have yes. on a website does not necessarily correspond to what a tenant will actually pay. And the, del the delta yeah. is what is it called, Vinny? It's called lost it's loss of lease. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, exactly. So, just for those listeners out there, it's really usual. This is all these free, awesome things where you want to look at an apartment, you want to go and look in the area, you want to use Google Maps to check it all out. But remember, yeah. apartments.com do have a what's called a, a gross potential rent GPR, and that's not necessarily what a tenant might actually pay. So, and another thing is about the rentometer. I yes, think some people, yes. you know. Some people like to subscribe to things, but rent-o-meter is not bad, but you got to look at it. The very best way to really find out the right way is to pick up the phone and call. I like <laughs> or that. have your assistant like call five or so you know, apartments and ask them, hey, what kind of specials and things like that. And of course, who might know about that neighborhood are the property management companies also. Mm -hmm. So many of the you know, students of mine, they are starting out or they are in the intermediate level. So they do need to get a lot more focus on the local market and they can get a better flavor of it, color and flavor by talking to brokers and the property management company. Exactly. No, I 100% agree with all of that. And then making it, the message for all of this, guys, who are listening to the show, you're furiously writing down notes is make sure you're using apartments.com and rentometer.com, but also don't be hesitant to pick up the phone and Ask for what, what leasing specials are there. You know, we're in winter right now in the northern northern hemisphere. Rents yep. are a little slow. You know, you know, traffic yep. through the door around the holiday season is, is a little slower. So you might have a few more specials going on and you've got to factor that into 
um, concessions when you're underwriting a deal. And, and, you know, there's always a bell curve in the summer. People are moving and there's a lot of traffic, but in the winter it slows down a lot. So um, you've got to understand that. But Vinny, tell me a little bit more about how you become vertically integrated. I think that's a really cool part of what you've done uh, with uh, Moneal Investment Group. When did you bring it yeah, yeah. in property management? What decision, at what stage were you when you thought, I need to do this by myself instead of going out to third parties? Totally. Reed, actually, I started like in like 2008 or so, let's say. So we had hired a very nice company from Dallas, by the way, and they were managing 22,000 units back then. And we were just small potato, right? <laughs> 109 units because my first one was 14 units. We were managing ourselves. It was not that bad. But when we bought 109 units along with 101 storage units and a commercial building all together, we were finding my partner and I were at the property a lot more <laughs> than the managers and then the other people. And they were having difficulty, you know, finding the uh, community manager, maintenance people. That's when we decided when we bought the third or the fourth asset, I think we said, you know, let's just start our own company. I said, love it. Love the idea. We were looking around then to find the best property management consultant consultant and we hired her and paid like 25,000 to 30,000. I think she flew into San Antonio at that time we were buying near Austin and San Antonio and within literally within four weeks she got our company all started with manuals with payroll with hiring with job descriptions and everything that was the best investment we did to be truthful that was back in 2009 and 10. so ideal investment ideal management group those are my two companies before with the partner and then monil investment and monil management are the new companies which my wife and i own fully integrated you know so we have had really good luck with because we get into the pulse of marketing uh the billing the authenticity of the uh, invoicing uh you know because everybody knows everybody knows that we get gouged you know all the time when it's not your money they spend more freely and everything we i tell my team and we give great bonuses in our employees i mean our team members Every six months, we give bonuses, performance bonuses. They get medical benefits. They get insurance. They get everything. So it's good to build camaraderie and the culture. And that comes when you're vertically integrated. How many units do you currently have right now? You know, at the peak, I had 4,100 units, but we have sold quite a lot. My old company, 14 syndications, we just sold the last two. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we are now selling some more in the Texas area. I sold one in Atlanta also just recently. And we are just, you know, building, I don't know how many we have now, but, you know, selling and buying and some are on the sale. I just signed a contract for another one in Texas. And then we are looking for picking up about 220 million more worth in 2020. So that's where we are getting geared for, for the next year. But tell me how you've had it 27, 2018, you didn't pick up anything. How are you picking up 200 million in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> well, we picked up 87 million this year right. in just five months, you know, so that's a projection. because our bandwidth have increased a lot. I can qualify for almost $45 million loan now you know, with the net worth and everything. So it's just changed the game for me and my partners and we can go bigger and bigger. We're looking at a hundred million dollar deal now, actually pocket listing. We just toured another one as we just closed on Tuesday, last week, Wednesday, we were touring for the next one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's congratulations. I think that's, that's exactly, but, but let's, this is all success, right? You know, success is great and, and, and well done, but there's got to be some challenges along the way, particularly in and around the property management. Property management's a hard game. And I know as, as being an asset manager for my company, we have 1,700 units. Um, I'm constantly trying to instill ownership on the on-site team to, to yes. manage like owners. Now, the, 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 the sort of conundrum we have is that you pay these on-site managers maybe $45,000, $55,000, and they're managing $20,000, $30,000, $40 million assets. How do they think 
How do you? It's it's a struggle for me to try to instill in them a culture, even though it's I use a third party property manager as I'm the owner, but I've got to. I, I want you to think like I think, and it's really tough when you know I, I just asset manage them and and they're still third party to me. How did you go about creating that culture in your business to get those on site managers to to own what they do? Because it is it is tough, right? You know, I'm not saying that everyone out there who owns thirty, uh, forty, or fifty thousand dollars can't think like we do, but you have to have the mindset. And if you don't have that mindset, or you feel like you're under the pump, you can you can sort of lose sight of that. And that's where I've found it very hard to instill that confidence within my team. So, so what sort of tricks and do you do within your culture? Very, very important what you're talking about. And Reed, I've gone through that and my companies and my teams have gone through what you're talking about. The biggest decision I made uh, in my company was to bring the accounting very close to where we live rather than keeping accounting far away and to have the right vice president of financial affairs. I mean, I'm paying her good money, but that's the best thing I ever did because she started to invest also with me. And then we grew the money, doubled, tripled and all that. Then her husband and everything. So Alliance came, right? That's a big part. Alliance buying into what Winnie is about, how transparent, our whole operation is very, very transparent to the investors. They can ask for bids. They can ask for invoices bank statements, anything and everything, no holds bar in our companies. That's the best thing. So that really brings into our culture also. Hey, investors can show up anytime without telling you. And they're going to be, you know, looking at who is doing what with the leasing and so forth. And I say that in my presentations also to the investors in my meetings, you know, every quarter, I remind them that, you know, they could fly without telling me and they can shop the property, they could do this, they could do that, all that. But the big thing is when I'm out there with them, I spend time sitting down with them and you know, right from the small, you know, right from the bottom to the top, and then do camaraderie things. We do the crawfish boil, and you know, we do uh, you know, special barbecues, and we do we even have preferred vendors pay for all the food and everything, and you know, I mean, they have budgets. So it's good to even ask them to get, get involved and then have incentives. And like I said, you know, we give uh, uh, performance bonuses and all that. So it's just that try to pay them a dollar more. This, that's a big mindset. I always believe that would they be really more focused if I paid them fairly and squarely and gave bonuses and all that. So what I find is in managing all these years, Make sure that you're giving them that increase after a year or, you know, or six months, whenever you told them, right? And you do the performance and then you increase a little bit more because that $1 increase is going to build their morale and make sure that you're also having a fund. We have like a, uh, you know, we had, uh, uh, Harvey hit, right? So my wife and I donated into a fund. We bought uh, like trucks for our maintenance people who lost their truck, or we gave some money for the families because they got displaced, you know? So we were very much out there, you know, for them. See, that's the genuineness of the nature, which makes them more work harder for you. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. I think that the giving back piece is really important in any culture and any businesses because that is what people buy into. And, and I, I do hear you that you've got to pay someone a livable wage. You can't not, not pay them a livable wage. But wage only comes so far, and you have to also have that the, combined with the cultural aspect, the, the the giving part, the fun to help someone out when something goes wrong, when their chips are down, um, but also having that culture that people are wanting to work harder because they like yeah. the environment in which they work in. That is super important as well. And I think that for everyone out there listening, when you do build businesses in and around real estate, 
looking at other ancillary income like property management as an as not only a support leg to your table of your portfolio, but also another income stream that will make your cost of doing business a lot cheaper. Um, so it's it, but also making sure that you have the right people in those positions in order to execute because it's it's, exactly. it's such a complex um, beast that you you've built here, uh, Vinny's. But it's really impressive. Um, I want to I want to pivot a little bit onto the market and, and onto where where you know you talk about 2020 and, and and you've got all these aspirations to buy more and more deals. Where do you think the uh, where where are we in the cycle? What 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 are you what are you looking at? What's your crystal ball say? <laughs> Well, you know, I think every, everybody's ball, I'm looking the same, I read a lot and, you know, the metrics are a little bit different, quite a bit different, actually. It's been the biggest bull. We all know that. Look at 500 hitting the highest, you know, in the stock market and what a great, tremendous 28% my money in the bank. I mean, in the uh, mutual and all those places is up 28%. That's a pretty good return. So this bull is going to crack some time. I'm also hearing that it's going to go to 36,000. Oh my gosh. I don't know what to say about it. You know, but the biggest thing is I'm telling my investors and they are also saying that, you know, Winnie, you are in the right place. And that's how I look into this also. I'm getting into senior living a little bit more, a little bit more into hospitality. And of course, my main bread butter is the conventional uh, multifamily in the B class where, you know, the, 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 not super rich, but you know, people who are paying $1,300, $1,500 per month, a good class where they are paying about 90% of the payments are done online, you know, and, and, and they love the amenities and take good care of the asset, things like that. So I'm pretty bullish. I think that there will be correction, mm -hmm. but guess what? Correction could be better for us if we think that way. Because when there are some chips are down and you are able to pick up a lot more assets, that's what I'm saying that I'm psyching myself up and I'm telling my investors also get ready with the, you know, 500, 700, 800 million maybe because what I'm doing is my tier level of investing. So you might have done that too, Reed. That has paid off big time for me. I always thought 14 years back, I don't want to get 25,000. I don't want to get 50,000. And I just increased that to 100,000 back then. And I'm reaping the benefits now because the people who could afford 100,000 or 200, they don't ask too many questions. They are very talented. They're sophisticated. I mean, they're very uh, knowledgeable, I should say. They are accredited, most of them. But their peer circle also is rich mm -hmm. so it's just become my machine has become so well oiled <laughs> you know with 160 or so people only that they're raising and putting 500,000 at a pop so we give like nine percent preferred at 500 we give 800 uh, eight percent by the way under five up to 200 and then below 200 we give seven percent mm. so this way it gives them more and more ways to invest better bigger and that's, better uh, that's that's very interesting that you give more precedence to someone who's investing more um yes it, it, it can be a double-edged sword because you got then a lot of people uh, there's a lot more management on the back end for who's getting paid what, right? Oh, did someone so invest? You know, like the, a lot more systems oh, have no, to be set no, up. No, no, no. IMS is amazing. IMS service, you know, we we work with them. So this way we have the all these equations put together: class A, class B, class C, class D. So A is seven percent, and B is eight, and then class C is uh, nine percent, and D is us general partner so we very systematically way you know we, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very similar to um pref mez uh, sorry yeah. um pref equity uh, sorry mez equity, equity. No. Uh, and and, yeah. and you know ground up construction we do something different we've got a class a class b we offer a 10 percent pref uh, to class a but they get none of the backside but they sit right after sure. the debt and you've got a seven percent accruing pref on our class b but they get 70 percent of the backside so it really defines who you want to invest uh, sure. and, and who on the long term when we're getting into uh, markets where, where, where cap rates are compressing, um, yeah. that it gets harder and harder and cash flow does get harder and harder to, um, to come by because cap rates are compressing. So do you think in your opinion we're going to go into a, a continue to see interest rates fall 
uh, and thus the because you know interest rates do correlate to cap rates, and when yes. cap rates are eight nine percent, in particularly in tier one markets, uh, interest rates are probably five six percent. So yep. now we're in markets where interest rates are three to four percent. Well, we're seeing markets like Austin and obviously LA and New York and some other markets around the country where Class B multifamily are trading for four percent or four and a half percent. There's a spread there. Um, do you think interest rates are going to continue to, to fall, or do you think they're going That's to rise? That's a good point. I know we just had a 20.25 base, you know, go down. I think there are there is air in the you know people are saying there might be two corrections downward next year. And that's going to even fuel, you know, I think, I think uh, the biggest thing also, I feel like uh, probably if we look back at the recession that we did have almost 12 years back, oh my gosh, it seems like yesterday, <laughs> right? You know, and, and but, but the thing is multifamily kind of withheld the storm pretty good. Right. If you look at it, delinquencies were not that bad. And also it comes from the culmination when the people lose their, and homes, they're not going to lose like that. Before it was like everybody had 10 rental homes, stated income, derivatives, and all those things, which are not in the equation anymore. I think not too many people will lose, but if there are layoffs, which happen, shrinking of the economy, that hurts a little bit more small shopping centers. They, you know, hospitality gets hurt, airlines, you know, the budgets get lowered by the company, office space gets shrunk a little bit if there are layoffs, but people do need head over, you know, a uh, roof over their head. Yep. So that way they will go from, you know, single family to A class or B class, A will go to B, B will go to C and so on. So overall, I think, and some of the magazines I'm reading, they're saying it's going to be small bump, just a small bump down and then back up again. But nobody's got the crystal. Who, who are you following right now in terms of market trends? You, you talk about magazines. What, what publications do you read in you order know, to keep I the use, on the uh, Globe Street is pretty big. Globe Street, uh, National Housing. I'm going to the conference also in January there in Orlando, multifamily, uh, multifamily housing conference. That's a big one. We'll be meeting with lots of, uh, you know, e economists and things like that. But you're right. I mean, you know, there are, the, the thing is, if you, anybody wants to know what might be fixing to happen, please look into the local area. Haha. -ha. Now, see, the thing is, when we say there is a correction coming, many people just put them and they say, okay, I'm going to be outside the market. Let me just ride out the storm. I heard from people two years back, <laughs> you know, they thought that it's going to be a correction, but there hasn't been any correction. But, you know, we lost a lot of ground there. But the big thing is, please be ready with the money. Be ready with the money. Have the loans qualifications done with the broker and everything. And be looking in your back, I mean, you know, into the emerging markets. We always say that jobs, jobs and jobs. So keep your eye on in those places because if the market softens, you'll have opportunities to pick up. But don't get out of the market because we never see the bottom, <laughs> you know, until we have passed the bottom. I always right. say that we never see the top until we have gone over the top, right? You know. Awesome. Well, look, you've covered so much in-depth knowledge here about just a whole plethora of stuff that we've covered. You know, we've gone through your background and how you've come to this country over forty years ago and created so much success for yourself and vertically integrated with your company and all the syndications you've done and you know, your outlook on the on the market. One thing I want to talk to you about before we do wrap up the show here is is the value of raising capital. Like how important is it to you? You spoke about earlier about your different tiers of investors and you slowly weeded out the twenty five and fifty thousand dollar investors many, many years ago and you made a conscious decision to do that. And now you've got folks that without even asking a question, they're just writing checks and because they, they trust you. You've built up that trust. But you've had to build that up over many, many years in successful deals. Um, you couldn't just go and turn on the tap and, you know, all of a sudden people are writing you $500,000 checks. So, so what's the biggest piece of advice you have for those people out there listening to the show who want to go and start being a syndicator, uh, raising capital successfully? What are they going to do? Good point. Very good point. I always tell my students also, you know, investors, friends, if you don't have money, you are not able to raise money. You have nothing. You have nothing because you can only scale up. You have so much money personally. You could buy so many units, but to go to 
thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand. You got to take the pooling of the money, syndication, and that's why I wrote that book. You know, syndication made easy. The biggest thing I find, Reed, is that you got to have the mentality, the mindset. There is abundance of money. There is twenty-eight trillion dollars with a T in the retirement funds. Only six percent, five percent. Some people say three percent is in real estate. Just like you and I in syndications, and we can give them more control of their money and sleep at night very nicely. The passive investors, doctors, attorneys, all of our friends, and you know, people circle because they can feel and touch the asset. REITs are there, but REITs don't give you those kind of returns like we are able to give you. And you are able to give 18 to 30, 26 percent, you know, returns per year after the cash flow and the back end is joined together. Maybe it will be 16% now, maybe 18, whatever IRR. But the big thing is you got to have the trust built. You got to have the credibility kit, I call it, you know, to build with your experience and everything. But you got to have the drive to have an elevator pitch, I call it. Some people don't believe in that, but that's what it is. You got to send the signal out and everybody you meet with, you try to find out, you know, if they're willing to diversify and if they, you know, how they're investing. It's just going back to basics. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, if I were to try today, I'll do the same thing what I did before. My first investor I got with five slides, that's all I had. And I had nothing at all, no credits, no nothing. I was not moving from out of San Francisco to go to Texas or anything, but I was genuine. And I was just telling them, they asked me, have you done any deal? I said, no. Do you know what you're doing? I said, no, I'm just learning. <laughs> I mean, everything was no, no, no. But the sincerity paid off. And I think this can happen for anybody right now. Build your brand, build your website, have a credibility kit, and then go meet with your circle, the people who trust you the most are the closest to you, the family, the friends, the people you work with and go outward and go to some great, you know, wealth clubs. I teach that also where you are, because you could say that, you know, I've been living in this, like in the Bay Area, I'm living here for 39 years. We've been married 39 years. So that way it brings that, you know, instant credibility that somebody's been out on here, you know? So I think in, in the one thing you, and the whole underlying piece of that is patience, right? Patience is so yeah. important. You just said 39 yeah. years in the Bay Area. 39 years, guys. Like, Vinny's been doing it for a long bloody time and it takes <laughs> patience. And I'm not as old as Vinny, uh, but I know that, you know, if you, he was to do it all again, he'd be able to go and be vulnerable with these people, pitch them on uh, a one-on-one -on -one basis, Say no. No, I don't have experience. No, I don't have. Um, I, I don't know what I'm doing. But through that sincerity and that being vulnerable and down to earth and feet on the ground and being honest, he was able yeah. to build a successful company today. And there's so many people listening to this show that just want to have it have it have it happen tomorrow. I'm a millennial myself, and uh, I want to have it, have it happen you know yesterday. Yeah. But things take yeah. time, and and that's the super most important thing that I think you know your story, Vinny, shows. <laughs> And um, I just want to you know, thank you so much because it's been it's been awesome you jumping on this show today. I um, at the end of every show I like to get into the top five investing tips. Are you ready to get into it? Yep. All you right, bet. mate. I know you're going to have a pretty good answer for this. What is your daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? You know, uh, thank you so much. I do Miracle Morning. I talk about it a lot. Getting up, I mean, you know, in a WT job, I used to get up at 7 o'clock, 6.30. Now I'm up at even 5 o'clock and quarter to 5. I'm so excited because I do exercise. I do the gratitude, do the chanting and yoga and all and set my mind up, you know, what I'm going to have, how can I bring value to the people I will be meeting. My prioritizing, my calendar, delegating, you know, to my assistants and all, and then concentrating on the bigger tasks, not the smaller ones. That's the biggest part. Many times we go through the whole day doing small, 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 small things. They don't get big results. These are the big things. We spend a little bit time with them they gave us the results. The, big, the, the biggest bang for your buck, right? <laughs> so 
Third so Who is the most influential person in your career to date? You know, I would say I've been a product of a lot of mentors, great, great mentors like Jim Rowan, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, he's alive, you know, and Tony Robbins, of course, uh, David J. Schwartz. I mean, you know, all these great books that I have right over here, <laughs> you know, I mean, right next to me, the magic of thinking big, thinking Napoleon Hill. I mean, they are the people who really have shaped me you know, who I am today. So mentor-wise, I had a very great mentor of mine. He passed away last year, billionaire, a billionaire. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really instilled me in, in me the habits and the positivity and to really make sure that you are helping people all around you. That's what it's all about. If we can have win-win-win situation for everybody around us, it'll be a harmonious way and they'll make you grow bigger and better. I think it's so important having mentors around you, people that you resonate with. And I know you're now a mentor to many people and it's, uh, <laughs> and it's through your infectious, through your infectious personality, mate. And so uh, <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, what is the number one uh, tool, T-O-O-L, tool in your business that you use on a daily habit? So it could be a software or it could be a piece of hardware or it could be a book or it could be a person. What, what's oh, the number one tool? I would love to say all of that. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom video. We manage all our company through Zoom. We get the best webcams, you know, in every office. And when we are doing meetings, we got six, seven people at the Zoom and we record our meetings. And of course, the other program I use is SignEasy. I don't have to print anything any ever now. And I sign things over there. Of course, you know, the other things have podcasts, of course, you know, and we use also Slack. Yep. We also use Trello for program management. Those are few tiers. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, Zoom, Slack, Trello, sign once or so DocuSign or whatever sort of those automated yes. things that yep. as you're on the move, but really it's creating a culture within your business, which you can do it from wherever. Right. And yeah. it's, as long as you've got internet. So, <laughs> so, so true. that's, that's, so true. that's freaking awesome. Uh, in, in, <laughs> in one sentence, uh, Vinny, what has been the number one failure in your, in your life? And what have you learned from that failure? You know, good point. I think the biggest thing is I'm too nice. <laughs> <laughs> My wife tells me, my wife and my daughter and my son, they say, Daddy, you're so nice. You got to learn to say no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I think I would have been, you know, I feel like I just want to give myself to everybody I talk to. And that's my nature. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my failure. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to say no is, is such an important skill, right? Because yeah. when you start out, and for those people listening, you know, listening to your success, you want to say yes to everything at the beginning, but you've got to also learn to build that no. And if it's not a, excuse my language, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. <laughs> and that's what you've got, to, you've got to build that. So it's, 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 it's really, it's, really um, it's important, but it's also really self-reflecting on that, Vinny, is, is also very, very good to understand what your, your shortcoming is. Mate, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to check you out a little bit more. Where do they go? You know, please go to my website, vinnychopra.com, www.vinny with a V as in Victor, I-N-N-E-Y. I put an E in there, vinnychopra.com. And also, you know, if they would like to learn something from me or like that, that's learn, L-E-A-R-N, to 474747. And, you know, I wrote that little book. If you have read it, fabulous. Thank you. Please give your feedback or reviews. And if you have not, that might be a good book. The other book, oh my gosh, my second book is also coming out. Put a little blurb on that one, Positivity. My wife said, read, that's the truth. You know, that book came out and became a big seller. And she says, you know, that first book is for limited audience. I have seen you for 39 years. You are such a positive person. Write a book on positivity. I was starting to write it next morning. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you, mate, for coming back uh, on the show. You've been a huge influence. Uh, I know we've shared the stage a few times over our years. Yes. You're, you're, you're a huge inspiration to so many people, including myself. Um, I just want to quickly summarize some of the things that I took away from today's 
conversation. I think the big thing is that, yes, you are positive and, and it's infectious. And I think that's really awesome. It obviously, you've, you've been self-reflective enough to say it's also can maybe be, you've got to learn to say no. But I think the biggest thing is that you've figured it out along the way. You've been doing this for over 30 years. You've done 27 syndications. Like the numbers don't lie. 27 syndications. You're vertically integrated. You've pivoted from one company to another over the years from the first company into Moneal uh, Investments. And you're just you're sticking to your guns. You didn't close on some, some deals in 2018, but now you're closing deals in 2019 and, and the future in 2020 looks bloody bright. I just think you're, just, you're bubbling with energy. Love, love what you bring to the table, mate. And uh, I want to thank you again for, for taking some time out of your day to, to jump on this show. But, but did I leave anything out before we say goodbye? No, you are just amazing. I just want to thank you, Reid. And, you know, you're really spreading great, great knowledge. I was listening to you, you know, podcast and congratulations on your acquisitions. And I'm so, so proud where you are and what you're doing. Well, mate, I'm thank right back at you, big fella. And um, <laughs> I, I, I want to just thank you again for taking some time out of the day to, uh, to, to jump on this show. We will catch up next time. Um, so enjoy your week and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Another cracking interview with Vinny Chopra. Uh, mate, guys, if you love this guy as much as I love this guy, get over to his website at www.vinnychopra.com. Check out his book. He's also got two podcasts that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. He is a wealth of knowledge and he's been doing it for the last 30 years. So you learn from this guy. He's super down to earth, super approachable. Probably needs to learn to say some no some few times because he always says yes. But He's such an accessible guy and um, you've got something to learn from him. And the best part about it, he's an expat. He came to this country with seven bucks in his pocket and he's built something from nothing, which is a huge inspiration to all of us. Um, I want to thank you all again for tuning in to uh, listen to this show because we're about increasing your financial IQ. We're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a crack.